Hello, and welcome to episode 149 of Dugout Blues, the Dodgers podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Massey. Your other host is... Dustin Nosler. And, hey, Dustin. Yo. Guess where I was, like, last week, or, like, for the past week. Glendale, Arizona. That is is correct. Glendale (laughs) in the greater Phoenix area. Um, I saw lots of stuff, talked to lots of people, uh, recorded lots of video that will be up uh, this week, Air Bunnies. Uh, but first, before I, I talk about all that kind of stuff, we have some breaking news. Always. As always. Uh, outfielder and cover model, Andre. <laughs> heartthrob. Heartthrob. Teen beat cover boy, <laughs> Andre Ethier, is gone for a while. <laughs> wow. He'll come back. But he's gone for a while. Maybe. So he hit the ball, but he didn't hit it the right place. He hit it into his leg, and it ended up shattering his leg. Well, let's let's tone back a leg, little bit. The Did leg's sh- gone. <laughs> they had, I, they I had, saw it. They had, to, they had to take out the bone and replace it with steel rod. Uh, yeah, in rod we trust. <laughs> it's very true. Uh, so yeah, he, my favorite part is he walks in on crutches the next day. He's like, Oh no, I'm fine. <laughs> you could, I mean, I think we touched on it last episode, but you could kind of the first day. Okay. You want to try to keep some weight off it, make sure it heals right. If it's a really like deep bruise, but when I got to like day two, day three, then people are starting to get a little suspicious. And why is he still doing this? Uh, and then they went for tests and found he had a fracture in his tibia. So that's fun. Yeah, so welcome to the starting lineup, Carl Crawford. <laughs> Yay! <sighs> At least the Dodgers now have a, a quintessential leadoff hitter. Oh, God. That's <laughs> stupid. He's left-handed and fast. Yeah. Isn't yeah, therefore, that all you need? Yeah, basically. I mean, who needs to you know walk or actually hit the ball? To be fair, though, Crawford was injured a lot last season, but the two years before, his First two full seasons with the Dodgers, uh, he's actually pretty decent. So if you yeah. can do anything even close to those that level of production, you know, two and a half win plus player, you know, th- they'll gladly take that uh, during the time Ethier is out. Well, let's let's dim the lights and get a little real for a second. <laughs> um, Carl Crawford in 2013-2014 put up F wars of 2.8 and 2.6. Mm-hmm. That's above major league average. Not not that much above, but it is above. Right, but I mean, anything above Major League Average is extremely valuable. That's yes. the thing. Um, last year, he played in 69 games. <laughs> nice. Thank you. I did point at the computer, knowing <laughs> that you would say that. I do not have the video on, mostly because I'm wearing nothing but a jockstrap. Well, the jockstrap bet, right? The, jo- the jockstrap bet. Will Carl Crawford be the opening day left field? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, and he only hit 265, 304, 403, which actually wasn't that bad. It was a 95 weighted runs created plus, and that's kind of a function of the overall offensive environment in the league as a whole just declining over the past few years. Um, right. And, but, you know, one thing to watch there, his strikeout rate kind of jumped. It's the highest of his career. Right. And he didn't actually he didn't start walking anymore, so that might be something to keep an eye on. And, and he also didn't hit for you know considerably more power. He actually hit you know for his ISO went up like you know a hundredth of a point. 
<laughs> so that's not great. Yeah. But um, yeah, so he and Vince like should now fill the gap in in left field. I, I would assume that trades are probably on the table right now. Uh, if it gets bad enough, maybe they can go out and find someone because they don't have enough outfielders already. <laughs> they yeah, they, they're gonna stay internal before going to that route if they need to, but. Yeah, they, they've got enough to overcome it for now. Even though, even with Ethier being out half the season, basically, they should have enough to to make up for that. Just just put Diaz out there; it's fine. I, I why you don't like him? Huh? Whoa, whoa, whoa! We'll you get to that in a minute. Hate his guts. We'll get to that in a little bit. Don't worry, I, I will talk I about. Like uh, I will talk about my my trip down to spring training mm-hmm. during the middle of the episode. But you got to earn it, people. <laughs> Um, so we have, uh, we have Mr. Ethier who go bye-bye hoping all-star break. I, I think, I think that would probably be the best case scenario. All-star yeah, it's, break return. it's what three and a half months is the long end of the prognosis. So I think that's, yeah. I think, well, yeah. 14 weeks. Yes. So, so I think, so yeah, about all-star break, maybe a touch after if, if, you know, all goes right. You always kind of expect the worst. So when 10 weeks rolls around, he's not back. You're not disappointed. Right. He died. <laughs> um, so then we have uh, Mr. Corey Seager, who also had a boo-boo leg. Sure but his boo-boo is getting better. Because <laughs> when, I, when I was down in Arizona, he came to the backfields, and he was, like, trying to hang out with me. And I'm like, dude, I have I have just way too much going on right now. And he's, like, begging me, come <laughs> on, man, let's hang out. And I'm like, shouldn't you be rehabbing? And he's like, fine. So he went over to one of the practice fields and was running the bases. And he looked fine. I hope he doesn't – I hope no one gets mad at me for saying this. He just looked winded. <laughs> and I, I think, you know, because he had a, a bum knee – probably wasn't getting a whole lot of cardio in, so he was, like, sprinting around the bases and then bending over in half trying to catch his breath, but looked fine otherwise, which is good. And then he got into some minor league games and was hitting, but didn't play defense. I heard that he was supposed to play, like, six innings in the field uh, on either Thursday or Friday, and he didn't, which is not great. But at least he's hitting... He looked fine, looked comfortable, um, had some hard hit, you know, kind of line drives. But, yeah, uh, I don't know if opening day is going to be in the cards if he's not even, you know, running the base. Because he was also, he was hitting in the games, but he wasn't running. So he would swing the bat and hit the ball and then walk back to the dugout. <laughs> which is, I think, what a DH does. But uh, <laughs> Wow. Well, they're designated hitters, not designated runners. Think about it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he went three for four on the backfields on Saturday. So, very he's important. he's making progress. If, okay, if he's hitting seven fifty, I think he's ready. <laughs> but anyway, he uh, yeah, so he looked good. Um, looked good on I think it was on Friday, right? Yesterday or sorry, Friday. Yeah, way Friday. back when when no one remembers. <laughs> So yeah, he um, he just needs to get in the field, run the bases, stop bothering me, jeez. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk about two other guys who are uh, 
hurting a little bit, not a whole lot, not missing half the season, but not in the lineup currently. Uh, Yasmani Grandal and Howie Kendrick also have been out of the lineup for a day or two. Uh, Grandal with sore wrists. Apparently he felt that last year, I want to say, and was cognizant of it, saying that he wanted to tone down on the amount of swings he gets in spring because it does wear on his arms, which I think is fine. Mm-hmm. I'll be okay with that. Kendrick, I want to say, was a calf. Yeah. Tightness in the calf. Poor baby cow. The baby cow? Poor baby cow. Poor baby cow. Um, that's what veal is. Mm-hmm. Poor baby cow. A calf? Think, think, think about that next time you eat it. Huh? Would you? <laughs> but, Shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Of the two, I mean, there there was concern Grandal might not be ready for opening day. I, I think that might be the case. I don't know if that means he lands on the 15-day DL, but there is some concern that he might not be ready. I think they're more optimistic Kendrick will be ready. Yeah, and even if he isn't, I mean, they have options with Utley and Kike. Um, so I, I think, yeah, it would be behoove them to take it very easy with with Grandall. Although, I, mean, I, I hate seeing Barnes down low on the death chart. He really needs to get some playing time. Yeah, I mean, he'll get more consistent playing time in AAA, but he's not going to learn anything in AAA anymore. He's 26 years old. He knows he knows AAA baseball. He needs to get acclimated to Major League Baseball. Yes. So it, it, I still think, regardless of what happens, he should make the team, especially now with this E-theory injury. I think that kind of opens up the door for him to make the team. But if Grandal's not 100% healthy, you know, to the point where they don't have to DL him, but they might want to keep an eye on him, you know, on the, on the early going, then maybe he lands a roster spot that way too. It could happen. Um, I don't know how comfortable they'd be with only four out. I mean, Kike can play the outfield. But yeah. I mean, you still have five outfielders. Kind of, yeah. Four outfielders and a wee little Kike, <laughs> which I guess is good enough. Yeah. And, and the, the three out there, I mean, you got the platoon and left with Crawford and Vance. Like it's going to be a straight platoon most of the time, I'd say. And then the other two are probably expected to start 150 games at least, or you know, in in a perfect world they're going to start 150 games. So there's not going to be a ton of need for a fifth outfielder at this point, Perform- at least this point in the season. Performance permitting, because I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I'm expecting them to be fine. I mean, they they may not set the world on fire, but I don't think they're going to be uh, Jock Peterson and Yasiel Puig. I don't think they're going to be as poor as they were last season. Well, I'm not really. I'm not really concerned about Puig, um, but Jock is still, you know, swinging and missing a lot, and it looks like he has a hitch in his swing to me. Um, it's not a that's not necessarily a bad thing, but again, here we're back to the tinkering. Now there's yeah, know, fifteen different things he's done since debuting or you know since uh, the beginning of last season, and here we are about to start the next season, and he's still not completely settled on a swing. Well, I know, huh? No, it, it does look like he's kind of settled on on a one set of mechanics. He's got this setup. He's got, you know, the little leg lift. And he generally looks the same day-to-day now, which is not something you could say about him, uh, especially in the second half of last year. 
but it, it does look like there's a little hitch in his swing that could be lengthening it. Um, he had a hit on Friday. I think he hit a double on Friday, just missed a home run, where the swing was a lot more compact, it looked like, and he was far more balanced. And again, that, that has been what I've been saying for the past several months is he just needs to really focus on being balanced through his swing. I'm, I'm, you know, he, he swung and missed at a pitch and fell down for God's sake on his ass, which is really weird. Um, <laughs> I, he just really needs to focus on, you know, kind of keep it simple type of principles. And I, I hope that he can figure it out not maybe not even by opening day but you know a month or two in the season because i mean if he's hitting a buck 90 with you know 35 percent strikeouts uh, i fear that he's going to get sent back down and they'll just go with thompson in center field he's the most impatient patient hitter i've seen in a long time uh that could be be true being that he's impatient that he's always not always a lot of the time he's out in front he's lunging at yeah. the ball, he doesn't wait back on it yet. He still has really good eye at the plate, so yeah. it, it's it's a weird kind of situation going on. But um, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's my blind optimism. Whatever you want to call. It. I'm not terribly concerned. I think he's going to be fine. I don't think there's going to ever be a point where they consider sending him down this season. I hope uh, not. I, I think he's beyond the horrible second half that he had last season. Let's hope and, so. And the power's there. The the eye is still there, and it's just working on making more contact. And yeah, I mean, my my biggest issue right now is that he's just not making enough contact in the zone. So, and again, it, it looks like he's raising his hand slightly just before they come forward, and I think that could be just giving him unnecessary length. So yeah. hopefully, that's something that he can address prior to. You know, well, maybe not even prior to opening day, but um, you know, before it becomes a major problem. Let's put yeah. it that way. Uh, so anyway, yeah, kind of got off track there. We were talking about injuries, and we ended up on Peterson. What else is new? What else is new? Off track this podcast? No way. <laughs> uh, speaking of injuries, uh, so we talked about hitting injuries. Let's talk about pitching injuries really quick. Uh, Mike Bolsinger, who um, had to Wikipedia what an oblique was, uh, <laughs> is now doubtful for or just not going to start or be on the rota- in the rotation on opening day, which is a huge bummer because he was so effective last year, at least two times through the order. Yeah, and he was he was the fifth starter. It was yeah. I think it came down in a matter of I think Eric Stevens said 25 minutes, where they the Dodgers option exactly back to minor league camp, and then Bolsinger had this abdominal thing come up. Yeah. So he had the fifth starter spot for almost 25 minutes, and now he's going to be out, I don't know, probably until May. It's usually like a, a month-long injury, this oblique thing, so you don't want to rush it back either. And It, it just kind of sucks because he, was, he did pitch well last season. He pitched pretty well in the spring too, so it's just kind of a bummer. Yeah, it was it was definitely disappointing. Um, was really was really pulling for him to, to get that fifth spot, and yeah, it's it's now it's down to a boatload of guys. Uh, I mean, not really. I, I think it's been whittled down to Frias and Lee. Yeah, as, as far as what Doc has said. 
Because everyone's <laughs> calling him Doc now, so I guess we have to call him Doc. Dave Roberts. We don't have to do Doc. anything. We have to. We have to conform for our hashtag brand. <laughs> um, and, and are we going to talk about Fifth Starter now or later? Well, since you... Well, you're the one who brought it up. Do you, you know what a Segway is? It's not yeah, that thing those... you ride around on. It's not from Paul Bart Mockhoff. <laughs> Never saw it. Me neither, but he wrote a Segway. A- anyway, yes, we can talk about, since I was leading into that, which I thought was a very, fairly natural progression into you see, you're the you threw always, a wrench into it. You always bring up, oh, look at that Segway. You're not supposed to mention it. And I just figure I'd jump out in front and well, make sure that's the direction we were going. Well, apparently I have to because you don't understand when it's coming. <laughs> dare you sir sir uh so uh fifth starter it's a two-man race ladies and gentlemen two man two men enter one man leaves and then the other one probably goes to like triple a yeah uh so we got in the red corner standing six foot four and running super fast for a pitcher carlos carlos <laughs> frias frias uh, so Chucky Freeze, he's he's pitched in six games this spring. Yes, sir. And only made two starts. That's interesting to me. Uh, Fourteen two thirds innings, two point four five ERA. He's only walked two batters. That's great. That's pretty impressive because he's never been much of a command guy. Command. Two thousand fifteen. Why are the stats so bad on MLB.com? Here we go. Because you're not using baseball reference. Well, I'm, I just I clicked over from the thing. Um, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, his walk rate wasn't terrible last year. 26 walks in 77 and two-thirds innings. I mean, that's about the three per nine, which is it's, bad. Yeah, it's not all about the walks either. It's locate, locating pitches. And he tended he tended to let some pitches get up in the zone or rely on just one pitch, and that's what got him into trouble. Right, throwing throwing strikes isn't necessarily the greatest thing because I mean you can throw a pitch down the middle of the plate over and over again and see where that lands you. Back in the minors, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I mean he was he was pretty effective last year. You know, ERA of four, seven homers, not bad. Only 43 strikeouts, though, which is, you know, again, a testament to the fact that he doesn't really use his off-speed stuff as much as he should. I don't think he trusts it enough to use it as much as he should. Probably not. So he needs to work on that. And then in the other corner, also standing six foot four, 2010 first rounder, Zach, Zach, Lee, Lee, Lee. Um, in 2015, he was very, very good in 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 the minors. Mm-hmm. In the majors, not so much. One, he had one very one bad start. outing. One start. One very bad outing. Against the National League champion Mets. Against the National League champion Mets in Shea Stadium. <laughs> it's not Shea Stadium anymore. I know that. Don't call in. Um, I just watched the play on uh, last night or Friday night's game where. Crawford completely misjudged that ball in my field. Yeah, that, that's what we got to look forward out there defensively. I, I think we didn't touch on that. Uh, that's going to be something that's missed is Ethier, not a flashy defender, but he's a 
capable, solid defender. He's eight. Yeah, Vince like is, you know, Good. by the number. Yeah, he's better than you would expect. Better than. A Thompson. lot of people would expect. Well, Thompson, not, also good. Oh, well, yeah, he's good. But that's what we got to look forward to with Carl Crawford. And that was him coming in on a ball. That's supposed to be his strength. Just wait till he has to go back on a ball. That's when your blood pressure is going to rise a little bit. A little bit. Uh, yeah. Get the get the Lipitor. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. Yeah. I saw him. Yeah. This guy. He nodded at me. Yeah. And smiled. He just didn't know who you were. That's true. Uh, how, also, how dare you? Um, <laughs> so, Zach Lee. Exactly. Uh, three spring starts. Four and a half ERA. Eight innings. Eight innings? And three starts? Well, he, I know he started a couple earlier games when he only went like two innings, I think. It looks like it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um so it comes down to Frias and Zach Lee. Who you got? I, Lee. I, I've got Lee. Why? I think it's a, kind of a put up or shut up moment for him with the organization. Uh, he's been in the org since 2010. He was drafted, given that big bonus, spread out over five years. Um, it's time to see if they actually have anything in him. And if they don't, then they can feel good or feel better about doing with him what they will leaving him in the minors let him become a minor league free agent whatever the case may be um oh, yeah that's coming up this year yeah it? so this is really a make or break first half of the first part of the season for zach lee and then the organization can kind of evaluate that and go forward at least with uh free as you can still he still has some things to work on but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if he got the spot because he's a little more versatile than Lee. But I think it's just time for Lee to to show what he can do at the next level. And if it's something great, if it's nothing, then that's that's what it's going to be. I'm okay with that. I'll allow it. Uh, okay. A- anything else on the major league side that we missed? Uh, Alex Wood velocity is up a little bit. Yeah, he had the forearm tightness, which. Hopefully, he's not going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think yeah, if he comes back and he threw two games and was healthy, so hopefully it's not going to crop back up. Yeah. Um, and then oh yeah, we forgot to mention Scott Cat or not? Yeah, Casimir yeah. felt something in his abdomen today and came out after four innings, but he insists he's fine. So I'm sure an alien is going to explode out of his chest sometime tonight. Daniel has an interesting theory. Really? He said, (laughs) I I don't think it was serious, but it's kind of funny. He tweeted, he quoted a tweet from uh, Andy McCullough, LA Times, talking about Casimir leaving because of mild abdominal pain or whatever. He said, Scott Casimir left because he had to poop. Could be. Dr. Brim could be right on that one. Hey, he's closer to a doctor than any of us. He had, he might have had gas. I mean, sometimes when I get gas, it I get intense abdominal pain. <laughs> I mean, really, it really could have been something like that. Who knows? Yeah, let, let's say he had gas, because saying he had to poop is just, I don't know, <laughs> indelicate. Let's say he had gas. 
So he's out, and then in parentheses, gas. <laughs> uh, so let's head over to the minor league. Hey, did, side. did you did you watch him today though? Today? Did you watch the game in, or uh, Saturday? Did you watch the game at all? No, it wasn't on Sports in LA. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. The I was watching on, on Sports in LA. I was watching on MLB TV. Uh, he looked. I, I didn't catch the first inning when he wasn't great. I guess he didn't look that bad to me. I mean, he had a. He had a fastball. It, was, it got to 91, I saw. His, yeah. uh, his breaking ball, he, he had a couple of variations on the curveball. He had a bigger one that was in the low 70s, and he had a sharper one that was probably a mix between a, a, a curve and a slider that was in the upper 70s. So I, I don't know. He looked pretty decent to me. I, I'm not terribly concerned with him coming into the season, as long as this abdominal thing is, is not an issue. Again, he's just got to let it out. <laughs> I think that'll work. Um, so, yeah, we can talk about the minors now. I'll talk uh, briefly. I don't want to give too much away. Um, lots of stuff coming out this week on the website, um, dodgerblue.com. But, yeah, so I got in on Sunday, and my flight was delayed because of fog, which is always fun. Wait, and then, you're flying out of Frisco? <laughs> yeah. I was flying out of Burbank, and I picked the one day where there was intense fog in Burbank. It was very intense. At 10 a.m. or at 9 a.m. So uh, I get there and uh, I look at, I get to the rental car place and there's like, you know, decent, like sparse groups of people all around. Do you want to explain this whole rental car thing in Phoenix? Because it's a lot different than everywhere else. Yeah, okay, so... In, For those who don't know. Yeah, so Sky Harbor Airport has, like, an entire facility, like a satellite, but near the airport, a few miles away. It's this giant facility with, like, probably 15 different rental car agencies. And you go up to the counter, and you get your car, you know, and you, you go up to the counter, and you get your reservation, and you pay, and all that kind of stuff, and then you go down. And they have like four levels of just garages filled with cars, and you go get your car and you drive out. So I went to the the car the car rental facility, and I'm looking around. There's like you know there's a few people over here, there's a few people over there, and then I see this like 50 person long line, and of course that was the company I had to go to. <laughs> do you want to give them a plug, or do you want to give them a? I do not. In fact, I want to say that I will probably not rent another car from them again. And I won't well, say their name because I'm not that mean. Okay, was it one of the bigger It was not ones? a bi- it was not a well-known one, and oh. I think that's partially why. Okay. But it took like literally about an hour from the time when I entered the line to the time I got my car. So, uh head over to the stadium. I was planning on getting there for first pitch, and you know, as they say, bless uh Best laid plans. I uh, get to the stadium around the fourth inning. You're just like a regular Dodger fan. Uh, yeah. And uh, I get there and watch the game. And then I noticed that uh, some guys were coming up to pinch hit. And I looked on the uh, roster for the game and I saw I used Neil Diaz's name. So I got really excited. So I grabbed my camera and I ran down the first baseline. And. Diaz came up and he hit a single and I'm like, oh, that's awesome! I got it on tape, or not on tape, but I recorded it. 
We don't use tape anymore. No. Um, other guys who played in that game, Cody Bellinger, Willie Calhoun, Brendan Davis. I believe that was the game where Davis had... Was that the game where he had two doubles? It might have been, yeah. And he almost got me with a foul ball. That was <laughs> very scary. He absolutely drilled a foul ball off the first base side, and it was about five feet away from me. So I got scared. So, yeah, Sunday was kind of a bust. Monday I went to Goodyear, which is the Reds and Indians facility, went to the backfields. Um, Andrew Sopko was pitching. He looked okay. Um, he, look, he looked like what a seventh round pick might be yeah. in, this, in this age of the MLB draft. <laughs> yeah, 90-92, nothing really standing out. Uh, the one guy who kind of stood out that day was Jordan Perubeck. Ah, that's my guy. Um, in his first at bat, he came up, swung the first pitch, and hit a pretty hard grounder through the right side for a single. Then in his next at bat, he was facing would have been Dodger Nick Howard. Oh, God. From 2014. <laughs> and Howard fell behind 3-0, and they greenlit Perubek, and he crushed a home run to right center field. Very impressive. Um, there was actually, and I know this is a Dodger podcast, but there was a guy on the Reds who came in and was throwing 96 to 99 with a hellish breaking ball in the mid eighties. His name is Ariel Hernandez. And that dude had some of the best stuff I've ever seen. Like just unreal type of stuff. What was it? Would you say it was dastardly? It was dastardly. Definitely. <laughs> um, I, I talked to a scout who was there and he said, so this guy's got like, you know, 30 command of two seventy pitches. And unfortunately, that's not, you know, usable. And I looked him up, and he was signed by the Giants, like, five or six years ago. And then he was with the Arizona Diamondbacks last year. And the Reds got him off the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of understand why, because you look at his numbers, he had basically a, a walk per inning. His career walk rate is somewhere, I think, in the 7 per 9. But the stuff is so good. It's like... God, please learn to throw strikes, dude. If you could throw strikes, you would be in, in the majors already, and you would be pretty damn good. Turns out throwing strikes is kind of hard. So, oh, yeah, there's Jock's double. I'm watching the replay last or Friday night's game right now. On a Monday while you're recording? Are you recording the same time we're listening? <laughs> what is time? So, uh, yeah, that was Monday. It was extremely hot. It was like 95 degrees. I almost passed out. It was so hot. So Breaking news, Arizona is hot. I don't think I could live in Arizona. It is no. just too, And this is March. Yeah. So I can imagine what August is like. Uh, Tuesday, went to the backfields again. That was a big day. Julio, for the, for the second straight year, second year this has happened, Julio Urias and Grant Holmes were starting games at the same time. <laughs> Second year this has happened. Uh, both of them look great. Um, not you know, not gonna gonna not a scout this and say, hey, they look pretty good. Yeah. Um, Holmes, yeah, just with the breaking ball and dude has a changeup. Okay, people, I, I've read reports. Oh, you know, he needs to work on his changeup. He has a changeup. 
and it's a good one. And he uses it, you know, a decent amount against lefties. So people who say, oh, he doesn't really have a changeup, he needs to use one, they just haven't seen him pitch. He has a changeup, and it's pretty good. Um, and then Urias, I, I love his swagger on the mound. I know that's not really a scouting thing, but every time he throws a pitch, he's like, come on, swing. You know you want to. Come on. <laughs> and every time he doesn't get a call, he just glares at the umpire. Not in a disrespectful way, but in, in a like, okay, yeah, sure. Whatever you say, yeah. man. Well, where where was that when he was actually on the MLB side? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Except uh, for that first inning, I guess. Yeah. So I uh, watched both of them, and then I believe I got... Uh, more Diaz that game in one of those games. And that was the day. So Dustin, you know, kind of said, oh, you know, I hate Diaz, whatever. I don't hate Diaz. <laughs> Let me preface, uh, the, preface this by saying you, that. You keep talking. I'm going to look up exactly what you texted me. I, I think I just said meh. I think it was just, yeah, I saw Diaz. What, and then you were like, what were your thoughts? And I was like, meh. Because he had four bats. I saw all of them. The first two were grounders to second. The third one was a comebacker. And the last one was another grounder to second. And I was not getting, like, plus times on him to first. Um, and I didn't really see him do anything in outfield. And the scouts I talked to said, oh, yeah, well, he hasn't really been playing the outfield. I'm like, what, has he been DHing? And they're like, no, he's been out there. But when a ball is hit in his direction, he hasn't really been catching it. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so he's not running, he's not hitting, and he's not fielding. That's that's cool. Now, granted, this is you know like a 19 year old guy who um, you know came from Cuba to Arizona or Cuba to Haiti to Arizona, I think. Or was that Alvarez? I don't remember. I think that was Alvarez. But um, yeah, with Diaz, it's a work in progress. Um, you can see in certain instances immense potential. You can see in certain swings and in certain throws. And when he's underway, he can run a little bit. But right now, and I think his favorite player is Ioannis uh, Cespedes because he wears number 52 and he kind of looks like him. Wow. Racist. In the box. Racism. I'm saying this on on his behoof, <laughs> but yeah, don't expect don't expect him to be another Puig where he's like in the minors for a few months and then comes up and hits like 350. It's yeah. not going to happen. I don't think anybody's expecting that. Well, just in case, I'm I'm here to kind of say, hey, just take it easy. Yeah, calm down. Would you Would you calm down? That's what here, say. Here's what you've said. Okay. You said first look at Diaz. Very meh. Gonna pull a K law and call him an org guy. That was that was sarcasm. <laughs> I, I'm I don't know. It looks pretty straightforward here. You are the worst. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll I'll kind of wrap it up too. Uh, Wednesday <laughs> went over soft friend of the show Ross Stripling pitch. He was great. The only mistake he made, and this kind of blew my mind, he gave up a home run to Scott Hairston. Who oh, my I God, he's even, still around? I didn't even know he was still playing. Wow. And he gave up a home run to Harrison. He grew the first pitch fastball, and Harrison crushed it. Other than that, he looked great. Uh, Jarrell Cotton followed him, looked great. 
in the other game, the double-A game, uh, Willie Calhoun played, Cody Bellinger played, Alex Verdugo played, uh, and then I think Diaz got an at-bat or two. Um, they, they looked, they all looked fairly, you know, pretty good. Bellinger didn't really hit a lot for me, but watching him in batting practice is, you know, cause he used to have like this kind of big windup in his swing almost. Mm-hmm. And he's really, really toned it down. He's got this little leg kick and he brings his foot down fairly early, but the weight transfer is still there. So he's still got a ton of power watching him just hit these easy bombs in BP. You can't help but be like, Oh my God, that guy's going to, that guy's going to hit. Um, and then with Verdugo, he, Verdugo and Calhoun, they each put up awesome BPs as well. Verdugo on Friday, I know I'm getting out of chronological order here, but he really impressed me. He fell behind two strikes and then just laced the double down the left field line. Such a nice piece of hitting. Um, uh, yeah, that was Wednesday. And then, uh, kind of a standout guy on Wednesday or a pop-up guy on Wednesday that I hadn't really seen before is a guy named Jose Santos. He was signed out of the Dominican Republic in February of last year when he was 22, just about to turn 23. He pitched with, uh, the DSL Dodgers, Arizona League Dodgers, and Ogden and put up an ERA of three and a half in 20 games. Nothing like mind blowing. I saw his stuff. He was like up to 96 with a pretty decent breaking ball and a changeup. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And a pretty easy delivery, but he's kind of small. It's on the small side. So he might be a guy to pay attention to. He did walk a few too many guys in, in rookie ball last year, but he's definitely worth, worth, uh, watching. So he's basically Ramon Benjamin of this year, except with better future. I would say Ariel Hernandez is Rabon Benjamin of this year because Well, I'm talking about the Dodgers. In the in the Dodgers org, yeah. Santos could be that guy. But when I I was trying to figure out who Hernandez was and literally no one like there were like a dozen players who all congregated behind uh the backstop to watch him pitch and half of them didn't even know his name. It was crazy. It was just some guy comes out of nowhere and throws like 99 with like a 70 slider. Or it was actually kind of funny. I was talking to this guy who I think was um, this Latin ball player who didn't really speak a whole lot of English. And he was like, it's not curve or slider. It's something. And I go, slurve? And he goes, yeah, slurve. And this thing, it had the break of a curveball, but it had the velocity of a slider. So it, it was like a true slurve, right? Because sometimes... The, People throw that on sliders that are kind of loopy or curveballs that are kind of fast but don't break a whole lot. This thing had the break and the velocity. It was just dastardly. <laughs> uh, Thursday, um, that was Yadier Alvarez. He's impressive. Uh, stuff wasn't unbelievably great, but I mean, he was up to like 97. He showed this. He showed the slider. I think he threw a couple change-ups. But it's so amazing watching him pitch because he's throwing so hard, so easily. It's it's really I'll post the video. It's just amazing to watch him pitch. You can't believe that that velocity is coming out of that delivery. There's so it's like no effort. So you can kind of see why the Dodgers invested so oh, much yeah. money and basically blew out their spending bonus or limit this season for him. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, 19 years old, and he's already just, he, he's got a special, special arm. Now, he needs to, you know, obviously needs to improve the secondaries and the command, but my God, it was it was a thing of beauty watching him pitch. Um, and I have video on pretty much everyone I'm talking about. I don't have video on Santos, but I do have video on, like, the, the bigger name guys, except for Sierra, who pitched on Friday, but he pitched in the major league game for only, you know, he made five pitches in the major league game, which is great for me. <laughs> I, uh, I said he had, he had really good movement on that one pitch. Yeah. I think that, that had to be, uh, that had to have been a two seamer. Yeah. Yeah. And I, he, I think he only threw fastball. So yeah, he did. I, I watched, um, for first pitch out, second pitch out. Yeah. It's like, well, Thanks, ninth guys. inning, you know. <laughs> and no gun. Thanks, Sportsnet LA. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, uh, JP Hunstra said he was 93-94 with the 90, fastball. 93-94? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fine. All, on all of them? Uh, he wasn't specific. I think it was kind of – there's only five pitches, so probably. <laughs> well, I want to know if that, like, nasty two-seamer was 93-94. It looked it, pretty hard. If you can throw that at 93-94, like, good lord. Just – yeah. Break some bats already. I don't know, man. There were people talking about his delivery and everything. It looked pretty decent to me, his little arm whip. But other than that, everything looked pretty clean. It looked fine. I didn't see any major red flags or anything. Yeah. Um, and it's five pitches. It's kind of hard to get right. on five pitches. Um, yeah. So on Friday, yeah, I was hoping to see Sierra. But I did see, uh, again, Bellinger, Calhoun, Verdugo, and Diaz. Um. Oh, another guy. I almost forgot. This guy was on Tuesday. Brock Stewart. Converted reliever. Converted infielder, I found out, in college. Oh, okay. He was an infielder who converted to reliever, and now he's a convert. Now he's been converted to starter. He was almost all 93, touched some fours. The breaking ball looked good. The changeup looked promising. Like, he might be a guy... He might be a guy who's who's going to break out this year. If you want, if you want a breakout candidate from me, Brock Stewart. He looks good. So, uh, and I got, I think I got a little bit of video of him. I didn't take a ton of video of Holmes or Urias because I took a ton of video of them last year. One of which is featured on Fangraphs. You're welcome. <laughs> and, and not much has changed, I would say, with no, those two at least. It's basically, yeah. If you want to see video of Grant Holmes or Julio Urias, just look at the video I took last year. It's the same guy. Um, but yeah, with Stewart, Stewart was probably the most surprising uh, for me in Dodgers camp. Uh, you know, kind of a where was he drafted? Like sixth? I want to say like sixth or seventh round a year or two ago. He was the sixth rounder in fourteen. There you go. So yeah, out, out of baseball powerhouse Illinois State. Yeah. So. <laughs> I had him. Uh, I ranked him at 61 this year. Yeah, he's. I, I'm betting he's going to be considerably higher after this year. Um, and then yeah. So Friday I got more of the hitters. Uh, I don't think any pitchers really stood out. Um, who's starting? Was Jeremy Kurt and Chris Powell? Yeah, they didn't really do much for me. Um, uh, but yeah, I got got some more on. Uh, the big four hitters, Diaz, Calhoun, Bellinger, and Verdugo. And like I said, Verdugo had that nice, you know, double down the left field line with two strikes. So, yeah, it was a productive week. Um, I'm going to get my uh, rankings out or my 
you know, kind of, I don't want to call them scouting reports. I'll, I'll call them profiles out um, this week at Dodger Blue. And, uh, yeah, watch for video. I'll be posting video on, uh, I don't know which, um, which YouTube account should I post them on. I might just post them on the Dugout Blues one. But, anyway. Did you see Omar Estevez? Uh, I did actually, yeah. I saw him on Monday, so I got—I think I got three bats of him. Um, he looked okay. Uh, he's a big dude. Like the Alex Guerrero uh, comparison is is pretty apt. Like he looks a lot like Guerrero. They were playing him at short. I didn't see him make any plays or not make any plays. But he hit a double and like jogged to second, so I was not too pleased with him. <laughs> like, give me a run time, dude. Like, let me let me look at you <laughs> running the bases. Um, but yeah, I, I think the the Alex Guerrero comps are based mostly on his body type because he looks like that kind of guy. And if you think that body can stay at shortstop, it's going to be an exception rather than a rule. So. But yeah, he uh, he doubled, but he also I think he struck out twice on breaking balls down and away. So, but he's super young, so it's a little premature to get any you know solid reads on him right now. Yeah. Uh, anyone else you want to hear about? Uh, just uh, send me a tweet, and yeah, I'll I'll try to get all that video and all the reports up this week. Um. And then before we get into anything else, uh, I just want to mention, uh, and this is something I'm going to tweet, uh, the fantasy baseball leagues that we did last year, we're going to do them again this year. And um, our, our two defending champions aren't going to be competing because they're bad. <laughs> I think that's all there is to it. No, they're busy with um, other obligations. So you have that much better chance of winning and coming on the show this year. So uh, if you want to get into the Fantasy League, we have one that's head-to-head, which was requested by someone who donated to the Patreon. And then I decided to make another one that's Roto. So if we get enough people, we could do one head-to-head and one Roto. So if you want into either of the fantasy leagues, please send us an email at dugoutbluespodcast at gmail.com and tell us that you want in and tell us specifically if you want into the head-to-head league or the roto league. So we can do that um, if if we get enough people. I'm sorry it's kind of last minute, completely spaced on it, but um, if I have to, I'm going to try to avoid it, but if I have to, I'll invite Dustin to fill the leagues. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tweet about it, too. So, again, yeah, just uh, send an email to dugoutbluespodcast at gmail.com uh, and tell tell us if you want into head-to-head or roto. Uh, and one last thing, uh, really quick, Dustin, uh, you had uh, something you want to talk about briefly. Oh, yeah. Um, one of our new writers at Dodgers Digest, Stacey Wheeler, she was in Arizona on, I believe she got there on Thursday. I, I think I saw her on Friday, but I didn't say hi to her because she was behind the barricade and I didn't have a press pass. So, And she was taking pictures and I was taking videos. So I, I think I saw her, but we didn't, we yeah. didn't meet up. Former, former colleague of yours. Right. Yeah. We stole her. Sorry. Um, How dare you. <laughs> she, was, uh, she was there and apparently... Vin Scully 
address was going to set to address the media on yeah. Friday, which is kind of unexpected. But when you think it's his last season, he's only calling one spring training game, and it was on Friday. It kind of makes sense. It and wasn't was, unexpected to me because I was in the press box when the PR guys announced it. Okay, to most people then, hmm. uh, yeah. You and so, <laughs> and so she was there. She got video of it, and she even asked him a question at the end, which is really cool. Um, we've got it up at Dodgers Digest if you want to go take a look. Just it's it, it's Vin talking for twenty five minutes about his his career, his life in baseball, and. It's everything you want to hear, and it, it's the same Vin that it's always been, and he's probably the most humble person ever. There might not be anybody more humble than him. It, it's just amazing. I think the thing that stood out to me at the end was he said, well, that's it. That's all I've got. You know, it's kind of matter-of-factly, well, I'm done. That, that's all I've got for you, whatever it was. So it was a uh, you know, pretty classic Vin, and – it's just it's starting to set in a little bit. This is last year. Can nope. be doing this. Nope. Don't want to think about it. <laughs> la 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 la. Not gonna cry before the freaking season starts. Oh oh yeah, you could. It could be a little dusty. Yeah. In your room when you're watching. Tears will be shed. Yeah. So yeah, be sure to check that out on Dodai. Uh, let's head over to the Q and A portion of the podcast. Uh, emails first. This one is from Dow, uh, and this is for the last episode because he sent it after we finished recording the last episode. So, sorry. Uh, his intro is ready to make Maida and Casmer on a tour of LA's finest attractions and or strip clubs. Dow asks, <laughs> Hey boys, how you been? Pretty good. Fine. Thank you. Uh, nice to see Kenley working on the nasty slider last year, but whatever happened to his 98-99 two-seamer, the one he kid Miggy with back in 2014. At the time, it looked like he might have been rethinking his arsenal, his all-cutter approach, after getting burned by Beltron in the NLCS. Mm. Uh, he still throws him a case. I mean, he doesn't... He throws two or four seamers, whatever, occasionally, but it's mainly just the cutter and the slider right now. And yeah. I, I think that, yeah, 98-99 is going to be reserved for guys like Cabrera or Harper or, you know, Bryant or Rizzo or, you know, whoever. But the, the bigger the bigger guys who, right. and that's, you know, partly adrenaline field yeah. as well. Uh, uh, he's successful with the pitches he has now. It's not like he's just barely successful. He's dominant. He's one of the top three or four relievers in the game with what he has right now. There's no need to really mess with that yeah uh i don't know if you caught any of the craptastic tbs studio show during last year's postseason but at one point pedro actually actually said and i can't believe they uh let it on live air i don't like bill russell that's one guy <laughs> that really blanked me i know y'all were just kids at the time Pete was with the dukes but do you have any idea what that's about i do not um he really he really effed him is that yes. what I'm to, yeah um, well, Bill know. Russell was an inner inner manager at some point, right? In the uh... well, no, he's he's talking about Triple uh, A. Oh, okay. Well, maybe Russell uh, did some managing down there and kind of. Well, let's not speculate. He, Dow uh, asked I'm, if we know what it's about, I'm and we obviously that. don't. So, couldn't tell you. Uh, so Puig. Uh, please, now that Manley's not here, we don't have to talk about him. Did he manage to avoid throwing Donnie under the bus? 
Or did he just see him fall under there and not bother to blink? No, I, I think it's just in the best interest of the players and the organization to not dwell on the past manager. <laughs> I think once he's gone, he's gone, and you have to just move forward and not answer you know, numerous questions about him. Uh, congrats to the Dodgers on winning the 2016 Pakota Championship. Do they need to download goggles before they spritz each other with gifs of champagne? It's gifs, by the way. Uh, yeah, shut up. To save the Martinelli's fix celebrating the Cactus League title, right? Uh, yeah, Picota is very high on the Dodgers uh, as a team. However, they are not a team anymore. They are a mash unit. So that's probably going to impact the projections. Right, Dustin? Sure. Um, I'm looking at this Pedro Martinez, Bill Russell thing. Mm-hmm. I found something on uh, Fox Sports written by Sam Miller, BP. I don't know if it's – I haven't read it all the way through yet, but – because it, it begins hypothetical right up 1992. It's kind of like a little profile, scouting profile, like Baseball America has in their, their write-ups of prospects. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I see right now is tardiness is an ongoing problem and has led to him, Pedro, being chewed out by his manager, Bill Russell. So maybe there's something there. I haven't had a chance to research it Yeah, we'll, further than that. Uh... Uh, remind us next time, and we'll try to get back on uh, back to you on that. Uh, I guess I missed the Patreon, but PayPal on the way. And hey, what happened to the donors last year getting special scouting reports and whatnot? All we get now is entry in, in, into the fantasy league. Come on, guys! It's not uh, we cannot get that anywhere, or we can get that anywhere. How much donation buys us embarrassing pictures of you guys from high school? <laughs> kind of dollar amount will give us a tour of Jared's secret cult compound. What will it take to hear Dustin do a Vasse impression on air? Work with the guys. I'm trying to get you paid. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you give us, you know, donate with enough zeros, and we'll give you whatever you want. Uh, you know, following a number that's not a zero. Yes. <laughs> uh, thanks. And have a good season, fellas. Thank you, Dow. Next one is from Kyle. Uh, who's more likely to stick in the rotation long term, Dodgers or elsewhere? Yisel, Frankie, neither or both. Yeah, that's a good question. Montas is kind of the forgotten man, uh, hmm. the uh, disabled list. I I'll, I would go with Montas. Oh, if I had to choose one of them, I, I think both of them will end up being relievers. But if I had to choose one of them, I'd say Montas would be a better bet to start, uh, stand up in the rotation. Yeah, um, I, I just think the velo with the slider. I mean, you can kind of get away with having a fringy third pitch at some point. For, for some time if you're locating that stuff enough. And that's a big problem, too. He doesn't have great command, and neither did Sierra back in Cuba. So it's hard to know what he's going to do here. You know, we saw five pitches of him the other night. So um, kind of remains to be seen, but I would I would bet on Montas. Yeah, I think with Sierra, though, there's enough separation between the four-seamer and the two-seamer from you know the reports I've read, that it seems like the two seamer all already could be kind of a third pitch. Yeah, but still, I I, I get it, but it's. I mean, neither of them have a, a starter's command profile right now, but right. I would definitely say Sierra seems to have quote unquote three pitches, even though you could couple the uh, the four seamer and the two seamer. So yeah, I, I I'll I'll say Sierra just to be uh, contrarian. Contrarian, thank you. <laughs> From uh, Jose, 
says, uh, I'd like to know if Julio Urias or Jose De Leon will see any action with the big league team, uh, I assume this year, or they will wait until next year. Also, are we going to see any games on television in Los Angeles? Um, uh, the, but I think both will absolutely pitch in the majors this season. Yeah, I'd, I'd say probably De Leon has a better chance sooner, but I, I think yes. Urias will eventually get up in the majors some, at some point this year. Dave Cameron made a good point that you know, there's there's some sense to be made to, to having Yuri's come up now instead of trying to bring him up toward the end of the year when you're already trying to monitor his workload. Why not try to get the best out of him right now uh, early on? I, I know he might not be ready. He's not ready for a full starter's workload, that's for sure. But if he's up just for a month as a starting pitcher, then maybe you can kind of get away with that. He'll maybe actually help his development. So. Yeah, and I think this is something we talked about, too, in the last podcast. And this was also something I talked about with Ken Gurnick when I was in uh, Surprise. It actually makes more sense to bring up a guy early in the year because that means you can monitor and control their innings later in the year. Right, and you you're know, not they're not going to catch up. <laughs> right, they're not going to bring up DeLeon. I mean, I don't think they would to bring, bring up DeLeon to be the fifth starter for the entire year. I mean, I think he would, you know, relinquish his role to a guy like uh, maybe Bullsinger, but definitely McCarthy. or One of the guys who are coming back from injury. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, doesn't that, but that makes sense, right? No, it does. It does because you can, you already know where you're headed with it. You're not, like I said, you're not playing catch up with it in the sense that you have to start scaling back the innings to kind of meet that any requirement and it, that could kind of mess with the development as well too, especially if you're mid to late year and you're kind of in a groove, if you're not too tired, right. Uh, running out of running out of gas, right. you know, it, it, it does make sense. Um, I not sure why more teams don't do it. I think maybe they want to have the option of having those guys available in the majors for whatever reason late in the year, a la David Price, uh, Francisco Rodriguez back in the day. But I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's an interesting scenario and be interesting to see if the Dodgers go that route at some point, if it comes up. Uh, and then also, are we going to see any games on television in Los Angeles? I hope so. Uh, I I hope so too. I mean, it, this doesn't impact me at all being up in Northern California, but well, I, I do. La di da, Dustin. No, no, I do feel bad that. No, so do I. I mean, I live in the LA to... area. So. And you just got Time Warner recently. I so got Time not... Warner last year. Yeah, so I mean, it's not like you've had it from day one. So. Right. Oh. No, I'm, I'm saying da. there are some folks down there who can't even get it. Like no, they I, want I it, they can't get it. So, or uh, what's the other one? Charter is that the other one? Yeah, I think Charters yeah, so is carrying them now because they're, you know, still. I thought there was going to be the merger, and then we didn't. We don't hear anything for months and months. So whatever. I yeah, I hope to God because they, they, you know, they just came out. That was something we didn't talk about. They just came out and said, oh well, we lowered our asking price for carriers to to take the channel. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully something gets done because this is it's getting it's already been ridiculous. It's getting absurd. It it is and. It's not. It's people want to blame the Dodgers, the organization. It's not. It's not their fault. <laughs> you know, they're they're getting the money, regardless of what happens. Um, they could do a little good for themselves PR wise to kind of nudge it in the right direction, 
not by using Vin Scully as a pawn in the in the game, but you know, doing something to kind of say, hey, let's get this moving along. I mean, what's the holdup? You got a multi-billion dollar company dealing with other multi-billion dollar companies. So it's always going to be complicated. And, but even having said that, this should have been taken care of uh, at the minimum last year. Yeah. Uh, next question from Roscoe. How do you feel about bullpen, bullpen games? I am not in favor. I, I don't like them either. Um, what, Yimi Garcia started one last year? Yeah. Eh, it's, it's stupid. Yeah. Now, that's different than, say, having two guys who are going to pitch you a combined six or seven innings. That's a tandem game. Right. That's That might be a little more uh, palatable. And I've been kicking this idea around in my head recently, and I'm trying to figure out a way to maybe write something about it, how it might turn into something down the road, maybe more the norm, or just, at least a little more prevalent than, say, having a guy who throws you 230 innings a season, you got a couple of guys combining for 230 innings a season, you know, it, you know, having swingmen be a little more valuable than they are now type thing and not have to rely on, you know, these workhorse starting pitchers. I, I don't know. I'm, like I said, it's really it's just copy paste Petriello's article about having two guys go two times through the order. Uh, uh, it might be a little different than that. You can do that now though. Cause he doesn't write there anymore. <laughs> yeah. I can plagiarize all of right. it. Uh, Anthony, true or false round, uh, speed round week two. You're that? Yep, yep. Speed round, we, we true did, or false? We did well last time. Let's do it. Yes. Bellinger will be pushing majors at the start of 2016. What? Uh, false? Yeah, I'm going to go with false. Uh, I think uh, the year's wrong. It's true or false. Okay, go, 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 go. Rue is back by June 1st. True. False. Austin Barnes plays in 30-plus games this year for the Major League Club. True. True. Yaisel Sierra starts a game for MLB this year. False. True. Alex Guerrero is on the roster still after May 1st. <laughs> False. False. Otani is a Dodger in three years. Oh, man. <sighs> False. True. I'm going to say that just because I want it to happen. I want it really badly. I'm not even sure he's going to be posted in three years. That was that factor. Yeah. The answer. But I, I, you know, we can wish, can't we? Absolutely. Oh my God, that would be amazing. From Josh, uh, what are your early impressions of Diaz and Sierra? Should Thompson take over in left field for Ethier? How much does Jock look uh, like this year? How much better does Jock look this year than last year's second half? So, early impressions of Diaz and Sierra. I've seen five pitches from Sierra. <laughs> Everybody has. So basically. I cannot I cannot tell you. Diaz, he's raw. He's got a lot of potential, but he's going to need to take time to develop. Uh, Thompson takeover left field. I am in favor. I'm a huge Thompson fan. I would love it. I don't see it happening. Yeah. And then how much better does Jock look this year than last year's second half? There's still a ton of swing and miss in his game, and he's not really hitting for a ton of power so far in the spring. So I couldn't – he's hitting – it's kind of funny. I look up his stats. He's hitting like 300, but he has like more than one strikeout per game. So he's either – he's gone from – and he's only has like three walks. So he's gone from home runs, strikeouts, and walks to like singles and strikeouts. 
So, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know if that's better or worse. Uh, thank you for the email questions, all. Uh, let's go to the Twitter questions. And we are not wasting time. I am not biding time until I get to the right tab. Let me let me ask you a question. Sure. If you, right now, could have one player on your team between Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, who would it be? Oh, man. I got to go with Machado. <laughs> See, people are going to – people might flip out and sure. say, well, what are you thinking? I don't really uh, care. Machado yeah. – look at Machado's numbers last year. He's uh-huh. you know, arguably the best defensive third base. He could probably be a good defensive shortstop. He, he might be the – he might be – okay, he might not be Andrew Flynn Simmons at short, but he no. might be the, in that next tier I think short. he could be a plus defender at short. 30 homers a year. I mean, the fact that he hasn't played shortstop for an extended period of time on the Orioles is absolutely horrible. That organization is just so bad at managing players and developing players. And they have this guy who could be, like, has a legit chance of being, like, a a gold glover at short. And they're playing at third because, oh, my God, we have J.J. Hardy. (laughs) Yeah, he's, he's the guy you move a superstar off position for. Yeah, he he's their he's the next Cal Ripken for them in that ter- in terms of being that kind of player. Yeah, being that kind of superstar player. And now, hopefully, he just doesn't he, throw his bat at anyone. Yeah, that was dumb. So you, you can't overlook that. But no. if you want to do, I mean, I don't think he's having any, any kind of issue like that or otherwise since then. So it's probably just a moment of you know, stupid yeah. kid being stupid kid. Yeah. Uh, so, questions on Twitter from Adrian. How bad was the movie with the alien that snaps next versus the guy dresses a bat killing people in cold blood? I have not seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet either. I've heard the initial reviews were very positive, and then the review reviews were very bad. So, yeah. Well, people I'll... who. Yeah, I, I don't trust reviews. I don't go to or not go to movies based on reviews. I wasn't overwhelmed by uh, Man of Steel, but. And I'm not holding out a lot of hope, but I think going uh, for Batman vs Superman. But I think going in with low expectations is probably the best way to see one of these movies. Yeah, and I, I'm, I kind of want to see it. I, it looks somewhat interesting to me. And I'm not a DC guy. I like the Batman movies, oh, the uh, Christopher Nolan ones, but you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I guess it's because I'm not terribly invested into it, in it that I'm not. You know, like you said, I'm not really expecting a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, C-Money, thoughts on News Neil Diaz? Again, (laughs) he's a a project. Uh, Ronaldo, should Stripling get serious consideration for the fifth spot? Why isn't he? Yes, and because he's coming off of Tommy John. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. Jacob, if Casimir is injured, Van Slyke caught for Trevor Bauer? Uh, I don't know if that would get it done. Van Slyke and who? Uh, Jarrell Cotton. Uh, no, I hate Bowers' delivery. It's really ugly, but I don't think he's ever had like a. Has he ever had an injury? Uh, I don't know. If he hasn't, he might. <laughs> I, I don't. It just looks really bad. And I, yeah. I know Alex Woods' delivery looks weird, but this one just looks kind of bad to me. Well, so yeah. he kind of he keeps the ball really close to his, really close to his arm. Like he doesn't bring the ball down and back. He keeps mm-hmm. the ball kind of up, 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know if that would that would get it done, but yeah, nah, the, you know it won't because the Cleveland has a ton of starters that if they're in the race, they're obviously not going to deal them. If they aren't, they can get a ransom for a bunch of those guys come the trade deadline. Yeah. They wouldn't that that'd be selling way low on on a guy like Bauer, even though he hasn't lived up to his potential. Yeah. From Bob, how's your arm? Is that a legit question? It's, <laughs> it's sunburned. Actually, both of them are somewhat sunburned. And no, it's not. From David, uh, how many more Dodgers players will get injured from now until the podcast is posted? Oh. The well, over-under is like two and a half, and I got to go with the over. Yeah, that's like, it's, it's still a day and a half away. So, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll go with the under just to be different. Uh, Ivan, are we effing cursed? Probably. Nah. The curse of Sue Falson. <laughs> Another one from Ronaldo. Uh, chances Dodgers finish fourth or fifth in the division. I cannot see them finishing under the Rockies or the Padres. Yeah, they're they're going to be the absolute worst case. They do is third place, and yeah. that's that's slim. Yeah. Very, very slim. Uh, Matt asks, are the Dodgers literally cursed by a mummy? Why is everyone dying? Also, <laughs> what are the odds the mummy becomes the fifth starter? <laughs> I like those movies. Although I think the only two of them had Brendan Fraser. Uh, there were more than one? two? <laughs> I thought that, because I thought there was a third one. Uh, I have no idea. I don't remember. Uh, Enrique asks, is Aegon's batting stance more closed now than it was before? Yes, that was something I noticed. Yeah, it's probably what to, what, what, what would he be doing that for? What do you think? I have no idea. <laughs> just cause he can. Just, just cause. Uh, uh, Ray asks, which non-Urius Seeger type prospect made the best impression on you? Uh, probably Alvarez. Just the ease of the delivery and the velocity and the secondaries look like they're going to develop. Uh, another one from Ray. Any word on Vladimir Gutierrez? Uh, most recently heard that he had a good workout after being, you know, he's been a declared free agent for like nine months now and hasn't signed, which is kind of a red flag. It is a little strange. But, yeah, he uh, apparently had a, a workout like a week ago and looked much better. So I have no idea beyond that. Um, what are your thoughts on Logan Krause and Oscar Arzaga? Uh, I saw Krause pitch a little bit during spring training, didn't get video. Uh, there was no gun. It was kind of weird because usually they have two games going on at the same time. This year they had three games going on at the same time. Because apparently I can't, you know, focus on one or two things at a time. I have to be running around in circles looking like an idiot. <laughs> and Kraus started one of the games. They didn't even have a gun on him. So I, I didn't know what his velo was like. He looked okay. Um, you know, he, he's a development guy, so he's going to, again, he's going to take a while to really, uh, to really come out. Uh, how did Edwin Rios look? I didn't see him. Uh, where would Greg Miller be today if his shoulder held up? On his way to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, Satter burnout, Joel Guzman or Andy LaRoche? Come on. Six foot six shortstop. Come on. 40 homer uh, shortstop. 
Uh, Blake, looking forward to you guys discussing Alex Wood as the number three. New medical staff having fun already. Yeah, that would be interesting. Would it uh, not, Dustin? Yeah, I'm a. Uh, I don't know. Are you are you bullish or bearish on him? Uh, I'm bullish. I, I I think he gets kind of swept under the rug. I think he's going to be a, a solid contributor. Yeah, I, I think he has a chance to be more like the guy he was in Atlanta, uh, especially now that he's got his his leg all handled and uh, his velocity's back up a little bit. His delivery's a little more in sync to, to where it had been. And so I think he can be, I think he might surprise some folks and be a really good pitcher this year. Um, from Sean, friend of the show, Sean, winner of the fantasy league last year. Uh, what's the hotter one of the fantasy leagues? What's the hotter clubhouse bonding activity, FIFA or ping pong? Do you think these injuries are potentially ping pong related? <laughs> um, the, the one that ping pong game I saw the championship game last year with Seeger and Kershaw where they won that was probably the most fun I've ever seen a clubhouse have so I, I'm biased in that way I'd have to go with ping pong yeah probably the ping pong but the you know they tweaked the likes himself that FIFA and so does Jock and so does Jock Jock, Jock beat him in FIFA. Uh, Sirius, could you read the questions more distinctly for Q and A? I always have trouble hearing working out or driving. You work out when you drive, bro? <laughs> Do you even drive, bro? Sorry, I will try to enunciate better. Evan, depth. What is depth? Depth is something healthy teams have. So Depth is something smart teams have. That's true. Uh, another one from Sean. Predict. Do one or more of Culberson, Noel, Barnes, Segadin, or Tracer stick on the roster all year? None of them no. are going to stick on the roster all year. That is not an option for this team. No. Absolutely not. No one except like Clayton Kershaw will be on this roster <laughs> all year. Everyone else will be hurt or sent down or traded. Just That's the front office's M.O. Uh, RM, do you think the Dodgers should look into signing David Murphy? No. Why? Yeah. Out corner outfielder. Yeah. Ethier got hurt. I get it. No. No. I don't think he's considerably better than what they have. No. Uh, from Jin Fizbear, which is a good name, <laughs> is Kazmir still number two ahead of Maida, and what does he need to improve upon the most? I assume he means what does Kazmir need to improve upon? Right. Uh, yes, and uh, just locating. I mean, he isn't throwing, you know, low 90s. He's touching low 90s, sitting around 88 to 90. So if he's going to be working at that velocity, he needs to locate his pitches very well. Because if he doesn't, then he's going to get hit. That's location, about it. Location, location, location. Exactly. Uh, anything else, Dustin, before we send this one off? Yeah, I got one here uh, for Robert. He said, where do you think Bellinger, DeJong, Calhoun, and Scavuzzo start this year? Uh, Bellinger and Scavuzzo in AA, DeJong and uh, Calhoun at high A. That sounds about right. 
but the, I'm, I'm assuming all of them will be in double A at some point. All, together. yeah, all of them will play in double A this year. Just probably not all at the same time. Uh, I could see it. I mean, the only way I wouldn't see it is if Bellinger goes up to triple A. I don't think, yeah, I don't think Scavuz is going to jump like that. Yeah. Oh, and I should mention, I saw Bellinger in left field, uh, on Friday and he looked okay out there. Looked fairly comfortable. You know, like he said on the podcast, he's he's played outfield, you know, a lot when he was younger. So yeah, he played center field coming all the way up. Yeah. So that's about it. Uh, no more plugs, no more nothing. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, check out the websites: DodgerBlue.com, 2080Baseball.com. And DodgersDigest.com. The email is dugoutbluespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter handles Jared J. Massey and Dustin Nosler. Uh, you can also check out Dugout. Did I say dugoutblues.com? I don't think you I did. You just did. I just did. You can, you can get the podcast from there. Uh, remember, if you want to get into one of the fantasy leagues, send us an email. Dugoutbluespodcast at gmail.com and tell us if you want head-to-head or roto. Uh, we will get an in- invite sent out this week and probably draft this weekend. Um, if you can't make the draft time, uh, it's probably going to be on Saturday. I don't know if Sunday is going to work, but probably going to uh, do Saturday late afternoon, early evening type times. So uh, if you can't make it, then be sure to preset your rankings so you don't get you know auto pick like five catchers. Right, Dustin? You got it. Okay. Uh, For Dustin Nosler, this is Jared Massey signing off. We will talk to you next week.